Steve, it's so peaceful where where you are tonight. You're coming to us from the the coming to us from the spare bedroom on the first floor, yes. right? With with the wood paneled walls and, uh, and the crickets outside the window, and yeah, it's just so it's so peaceful and quiet and relaxed. That'll, that'll keep me even keeled and calm the whole time. Look at that, it's nice, very zen, very yeah. very nice zen episode. We'll do some some ASMR tonight. And Steve, when people think of me, they think of zen and calm. I'm sure. Yes. Um. Anyways, uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Um. Man, I'm just I'm so relaxed by that that chirping that I don't even know what we're going to talk about on today's podcast. No, I do, I do. Um, we're going to chat about our trip to Auburn, probably at, at length. Uh, then we have to talk about the latest and greatest viral sensation, Chad Powers. Um. True. And then I want to talk about something that, that kind of got heated up yesterday again, which was non-conference scheduling. Um, and then we'll discuss uh, this com- coming weekend's game with Central Michigan and Old Guy Young Guy. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, sounds like a great sleep. All right. Steve, um, you were there. I was there. I think every single Penn State person just about that I knew was there. And... Uh, I don't think any of us expected the beatdown that we witnessed to to happen. Uh, that was the most comfortable I've felt by halftime at a Power Five game against a decent football school in quite some time. Maybe maybe the Michigan game, the the, the Saquon opening run Michigan game in like 2018, 17, somewhere in that that neck of the woods. Uh, that was. That was impressive. Um, let's uh, let's discuss the game first, and then we can get into everything else that happened on the weekend because there's a lot to, to recap in terms of our, our trips, our respective trips to Auburn, Alabama. Good, cool. Let's go. Um, I think my biggest thing, you know, then I think everybody's biggest thing. It appears the Penn State might be able to run the ball, and that is a scary thing because um, it feels amazing. Like what since two thousand two, when Larry Johnson was running back there, I I think that was that was the last time I saw a running offense this good. Right, who still got screwed for the Heisman this year, but that's totally different. That year, but that's a different show. Um, yeah, it's amazing the difference that an elite running back will make in a line that looks functional. I mean, you just kind of hard to tell which is chicken and egg, but um yeah like they can run the ball i think that's the biggest thing to me is is we're finding out what happens with sean clifford as a quarterback with a functional offensive line and i think even in 2019 sean clifford to a degree had that offensive line you know penn state really only lost you know two games that season um and i think for me that was a very good football team the running backs might not have been this good though. And I think we're also, as you said, kind of finding out the chicken and the egg in a good way that at least two of the running backs are good. And the other one is, is maybe the right, maybe saying maybe the best running back that's ever come through Penn state, but I don't know. He's, he's different. Um, you know, I think Nicholas Singleton is, is different. Like I, I think uh friend of the podcast, Mark Wilgenrich had an article 
speaking of Larry Johnson, that's probably why it was on my mind, um, kind of breaking down Larry Johnson's single season rushing record season. And basically right now, Nick Singleton is, is on pace on par with that, that stretch that um, he had uh, back in 2002. Um, I, I, I think that's the biggest surprise so far of the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and that guy, and there was no offensive line in 2002. I mean, there wasn't a guy on the first three teams of the all-conference team, right? And Larry Johnson sets the, sets the rushing record, which is why I think, you know, anyhow. Um, yeah, I want to see Singleton do a series where there's, and maybe he's incapable of that because he's too good. He's going to break one. I would love to see that workman like five, seven, nine, get into a three, thing. nine, that kind of thing. Because we just haven't had to see that yet because he makes that a moot point. But I think that piece of it would make me feel even better about him. But he looks he looks really good in what he's been asked to do and able to do so far. Yeah, I, I feel I feel at ease when the, the ball is handed off now. And and before maybe the last really three seasons, two seasons, give or take, I, it was kind of like, eh, is that really the best idea here? Do we have um, to hand the ball off? Yeah. Yeah. I think to me, that was a big takeaway. I think the other big takeaway was Abdul Carter. He is much better than I or anybody expected. I think um, chop Robinson is terrifying off the, the edge. He, he reminds me so much of Arnold off the edge. Um, and I think that was a big takeaway for me. Um, and I think the other thing was James Franklin called a very effective, smart game. I think, it was a little annoying heading into halftime and maybe them not scoring um, right before halftime. But I think they certainly made up for it and they made the best, the better adjustments into the second half. And I think that's kind of why the second half was as ugly as it was. Um, I mean, I I think that Auburn team maybe isn't that good, but I don't think, I don't think they're terrible. Like I I think that team's going to go to at least to a bowl game. You know, they're going to win more football games this year. Yeah, depending on if whether they tear themselves apart or the, or, the, or the boosters tear them apart, depending on how things go. Like there's talent on there's talent on the field, there's talent in the uniforms. I do think Penn State made better adjustments at the half, or at least they, they found ways defensively to certainly make sure nothing else happened from from Auburn on the offensive side. And I mean, the only call that I even cringed a little bit at, well, I cringed a lot at it, but it was early that early that first fourth down, right? You know, like, well, what are we going to do? What, what are we thinking? Um, you're not desperate. You're on the road. It's you know why why not play some field position? But if they've had that discussion and that's who they're going to be this season for the most part, I'm okay with that. I just want to see that repeated somewhere else along the line, so I know that that's who they are. I'm not sure that that that's who they are all the time. I agree with that because I think with me I, as it was happening live, I was like, "What are we doing here?" And then I kind of thought about it more, and I was like, mm, maybe this is the new James Franklin that we kind of see, keep seeing pop up in little ways. And I think maybe a few years ago, James Franklin wouldn't have gone for it then. And some of that is maybe just because he was untrusting, um, distrusting, uh, not as a, a slide to Brent Pry or anyone like that, but more so if, if somebody was going to fall on the sword, he wanted to make sure he was the one that fell on the sword type thing. And I think to me, that was a, I trust you guys to get this done, whether it's the offense picking up the first down here, or if we get into a situation where the, you know, the defense needs to make a stop, 
they'll make a stop. And they, they pretty much did. They, they only allowed a, a field goal there. Um, so it was a risky call. I think for me, I was a little worried that how that would bring the crowd into it. Um, but I, I think all in all, no, that was, that was the only thing that I would necessarily complain about, um, you know, outside yeah, I of think maybe so. scoring, it would have been nice to get one, one type of points, some type of points there at the end of the half. Um, well, in the new James Franklin stuff, the, the stuff you, I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, right, with going under center and running out of the eye, it, it's funny to hear him through the media talk about that. You know, while they've done it, we were never going to do that a year and a half ago. Now times have changed and you need to do that. But there's still that disclaimer. It was, was, it was last week's news conference, I guess, where he said, well, you know, yes, okay, it's I, but the, the running back's still getting the ball four and a half. By the time the handoff happens, he's still getting the same the ball in the same position he would if we were in the shotgun. Like, so he's got to justify it. Like, yeah. my principle's still right, even though we're, we're doing it a little differently, which is interesting. Like, there's the, this is the new, but we're still proving that the old was correct. It wasn't that I was wrong. It was just that I'm adapting to our people right. kind of thing. And I think some of that is the running backs that are back there now. It's you get them moving, and I think we're seeing the dividends of that. You know, right Definitely. off the bat, is is you get them moving, and even on the the touchdown run from Clifford, which was out of the shotgun, like I knew that was going to be the play call there. I, I, it was no doubt in my mind that he was going to kind of to to run that in, and you could even see like Sean kind of had some momentum going in. Um, and again, I think with Sean, like my big thing with him is he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country when he wants to be one of the better, the better quarterbacks in the country. And that's when he's smart and doesn't think anything over. And I, I think he did that perfectly. Um, and uh, someone pointed out today on Twitter that they were impressed by like his, his management style. He was, and I did notice the story in the game. He was very talkative. Uh, about stepping up, especially in shotgun to the line and, and saying, pick up this guy or, or, or do that. And I think that is exactly why, you know, in terms of the Drew Aller, Sean Clifford conversation, I don't think Drew Aller is doing that, you know, week three freshman year. I, I think Sean Clifford has the right and responsibility to do that, you know, week three in his sixth year. Certainly, certainly. And I, I think you're, you're correct. When he decides not to do too much and remembers who he is, which is a, a fine, efficient college quarterback, as long as he's comfortable with that and doesn't try to be more and put a ball where it's supposed to be or finish a play that doesn't need to be, you know, as long as the possession ends with a kick, right? If you're in trouble, right? Go back to that thing. As long as we're punting or kicking a field goal, that's worst case. Don't do us anything worse than that. He can be pretty productive. Yeah. Um, it's just at times he's proven to want to try to do something he can't and so far so good on that on that standpoint and I would think for the next couple of weeks he should be secure in building upon that foundation yeah and I think you know in terms of that foundation you've got two perfect games coming up and we'll get to the one coming up this weekend later but you know Central Michigan and Northwestern um, and then stuff gets a little more interesting at least you've got kind of this year's murderers row of Michigan at Michigan uh, Minnesota and Ohio State. Now, two of those games are at home. I, I do like the fact, fact that Penn State has now had two of its its really five road games and two of its three toughest road games done it over with. Like it, like it almost feels like 
when you're you're uh, you know you're working or or you're doing something you take care of the tough task first and then get through to the easy task and, and then you're like okay not that any of those games really so you're saying happen. nobody's bitching about starting on the road right now i am not i am not that is that's what <laughs> i'm saying um Speaking of that, well, Steve, how was your time in Auburn, Alabama? You drove an RV down with some friends. Um, how was how was your it was weekend me. in Auburn? It was uh, it was probably the best road trip we've ever made for a Penn State football game. I mean, we've been blessed to be able to do Notre Dame, great friends, took a loss, had a good time. Alabama, a couple years, a decade ago, was great. Students were wonderful. We still got stories about that, um, but took a loss. Um, this one was better on a lot of counts and we came back with the win. So, you know, I mean, if I had the bullet pointed, it was rumble strips that play the fight song, very, which cool. was pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, tumors, lemonade. Very good. Um, and peppermint patty shots, which are not necessarily an Auburn thing, but apparently a Penn state thing that I learned about down there. Um, sounds like you're a big fan of them now, Steve. I am a big fan. Um, and just people like it was surprisingly enough, I'm somewhat cynical, um, but the people beside us were very nice and good. The the guy from Auburn who backed in his camper near us and busted out a karaoke machine and had a bachelor party the first night and told us, hey, there's going to be some women here tonight and some different women here tomorrow. If the women tomorrow don't know about the women's night, that would be a good thing. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a real piece of work. Um, but it turned out the first night some other Penn State tailgaters had a family member get hurt downtown and they're in town with an RV. They got no way to go get this person or see this person or whatever. And the same guy I heard him talking about it, pulled the keys out of his pocket and gave them to him and said, hey, there's my truck. Go do what you need to do. Bring the truck back when you're done. And that's cool. Like, you know, so that was, those are my highlights. How about you? I think when we first got there, we we parked near you guys. I was like, oh, there's a lot of Penn Staters here. Like, where's this? sec environment and we then decided to walk up to campus and there's like a main drag on campus that they all tailgate on and i was like oh okay this is the sec like this is what i expected did not hear a bad mouth thing the entire weekend everybody was very polite very nice um as you mentioned tumor's corner lemonade tumor's corner itself was very cool the drugstore was very neat to walk in um you know it's one of those things you get to experience, uh, you know, I feel like a kind of college football history there. Um, and I think that for me is what I've always enjoyed. Like even in the big 10, like going to Michigan and seeing the, them jump up and touch the banner and, um, you know, walking through the, the Buckeye Grove in Ohio state, you know, those little things like that are, are important to me. Cause I think that's what makes college football so much fun. Um, walking through campus though, was, it was just it was so neat. Um, and then the highlight of the trip really, uh, at least the game trip was we were walking through and, uh, we get through campus and we're walking back down towards the stadium and two of our friends were walking ahead. And, and this woman in a dress, very formal dress for a college football game comparatively to what people wear to Penn state games. She stops them and goes, would you like, y'all like some jello shots? And they're like, sure. And, and the friends are like, what's in them? And she's like, well, they, they ain't too strong. We got to get up and go to church in the morning. <laughs> and that was, that was just like the best, like, this is, this is the stereotype that I was here to yep. see and experience. Um, and 
so no, I, I think the people were great. Um, the Eagle flying around pregame made the whole trip worth it. That is, that is amazing experience. Um, to see that that's, that is the coolest experience. I will say, I think there's a couple of things that I do want to talk about in terms of game day, uh, atmosphere. I don't think that stadium was very loud, not very loud. It was loud, but it, it was maybe barely top five, big 10 stadiums loud. And it didn't stay loud consistently. I think some of that was just the result of how the game was going. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it seemed like people, I I don't know how to describe this. It seemed like people didn't cheer. They only got loud before the play and then like kind of clapped after the plays, even on offense. Yeah. One of the people that came back to our tailgate said the same thing. He said, "I, I can hear myself. I can hear myself talk to the person beside me here. There wasn't like a constant roar. Yeah. And I think that's, that was right from the start. And I also think, you know, Penn State took them out of the game. And this is a fan base that's pretty fickle. You know, they're, they're yeah. Auburn. They were ready to like, they're not happy with their coach, not happy with their situation. So it was going to be easy to get them out of the game. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought the Joe Burrow video was weird. If you weren't there, they showed this video of Joe Burrow uh, after. LSU beat Auburn the year that they won the national title saying uh, Jordan Hare was louder than, than Beaver stadium basically. And I just thought that was a weird flex given that they had lost that game. And I, I don't know that one, that one, it didn't bother me. It just was very odd to me. And they showed it multiple times. The other weird one was they showed the controversial targeting call from the game last year. as like the crunch hit of the game or whatever. Again, I didn't I didn't quite understand that because your player got kicked out of the game for for that. So that was my I think they were looking to get people juiced up. Well, I have two two one stadium thing and then one, maybe it's old guy, young guy, but kind of about female fans. That their first two videos once the game started were both for their NIL consortium. Like they were testimonials from their coaches yes. and their student athletes. So they have one that they figured out as opposed to whatever this cluster is that's going on around Penn State with six different groups trying to figure it out. They didn't add in the stadium saying, give us money. Yeah, I mean, apparently the successful with honor one has had a a scoreboard logo that I completely missed last week. Like it's up on the scoreboard, but that was, that was one of my big takeaways too, is it was clear cut. It was the coaches saying, give this NIL money like that. Literally they were like, please donate to this NIL. Um, To me, that, that was so smart. Yep. And then, and then jello shot dress girl. Again, this is maybe old guy, young guy, but I think even as a college student, even 30 years ago, our, and our demographic doesn't skew this way, so I can rip them, our female college students at Penn State could dress just a little better for games. Like, I mean, you know, we had some it. clothes from time to time or something <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's not, it's just unbecoming and there's no mystery involved like and i know they're not, they'll say well i'm not dressing up for some guy but you're dressing to be seen like so you know find some extra fabric in the stuff i used to pick on my kids like did not have the fabric for that stuff but it's not gotten any better so okay so let's let's briefly discuss that that was a big takeaway is, is people did dress formally um it's funny in our friend group that you know we all largely went to games together and still go to games together um and obviously we've gotten a little bit older. We've gone out of those days, but our friend group never was about that uh, dressing. 
that the way that some Penn State girls dress nowadays. Um, so we always kind of have chuckled about that. Um, but yeah, it was a stark difference between uh, Auburn and uh, uh, Penn State. I think the other big thing that I noticed, and I, I don't know if you picked up on this, did not see a ton of jerseys on people this weekend. No, that's true. It, it was. It, it is very much true that the men pretty much all wear the collar polo golf shirt. Thing. Yep. Um, yep. Which, to be honest, like, kind of makes sense. Those some of those Nike ones are very breathable, and it was hot. Yeah. I mean, it was it was very hot. Um, it was it was it was warm. Um, yeah, I just think that's again not a. I think that's a southern thing too. Like, once you you dress for the games for four years as a student, or see them dressing right, you come. We were on the we got we went in the wrong side of the stadium to get to where our seats were in the upper row. So we stood on the on the the walkway, the top level of the walkway. Um, for the first half, and they were great. We were with a bunch of people who that's all they ever watch it from. We were the only Penn State people there, again, super nice to us. But one kid was a pledge for fraternity, so they, he's their coat, full coat and tie. Yeah. Right. So when you do that for a year and then dress other times, I don't know, it just seems to make sense. You just don't see that. They just don't see that, that look. So it was kind of a nice, refreshing difference. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was well worth the trip. Um, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to change our order because it makes more sense to go in this order than the order I laid out earlier. Um, I think the big thing that was the big takeaway after the game was James Franklin basically said, I'm, I'm done with scheduling on campus power five or at least sec games. This is too much energy and too much work. Um, when all the statistics and he's right, say, get through your non-conference undefeated or, or close as undefeated as possible. And, win your conference um even one loss in your conference doesn't roll you out of the playoff um especially with it expanding even more um that seemed to ruffle some feathers especially amongst pit people um that because james franklin basically said it's not worth it for penn state to play pit but yet they've scheduled syracuse temple in west virginia um i don't know my my two cents on it are that rivalry me- meant something to people your age, Steve. Um, it does not really mean anything to people my age and younger. Um, I think that there are reasons why you would schedule Pitt, and I think the biggest one is why would you give somebody in-state a bigger platform when you already have the bigger platform, meaning that Pitt is basically going to pick up, be picked up by Penn State. Um, because yes, don't punch down. My my friend who was there is, is was born in Montgomery, Alabama, as an Auburn fan, and then went to Pitt. He's like my two programs are the, the redhead and stepchild compared to Alabama and Penn State, respectively. And he's right. Um, it wasn't. It's not a Pitt thing for me. Um, the Power Five this week, this past weekend's trip was the last event like that I can see related to Penn State football for the next decade. Yeah, and that to me is a shame. More, going to Morgantown, so what? Like, and I, most people are not going to be nice. Yeah. So, I mean, no, we may go perhaps, experience. but no desire. Syracuse, there's nothing to see. We've been there, done that. And, and I hope that with the expanded playoffs, that going somewhere and playing somebody might mean something sometime. No, right. it's not in the next eight or 10 years, but what happened this weekend was good for college football. Yeah. And having Central Michigan come in or Utah. Or I don't know, pick the well, Utah would be great. Um, 
Nevada. I mean, who knows? Any of those teams they'll throw in there to say, oh, they're different. And we played them. It's not good for college. I mean, it's good for your program, but it's not good for college football. And I know that's not Coach Franklin's or Penn State's job to be, to be good for college football. But I hope that somehow the playoffs account for something like this and make it of value for people to consider it. I think it will. I think that, that that does matter. I think, you know, you look around the big 10 last weekend, um, you know, Michigan state went to, to Washington. That's a bowl game, you know, type game and state at, at Auburn, um, even Minnesota playing Colorado, not necessarily the most interesting game, but unique, you know, unique and different. Um, Oklahoma played Nebraska. That's an old rivalry. Um, but I, I don't know. I think my big thing is like, I agree with you. Like I, I, that was a great trip. I want to do something like that again. That Morgantown trip is, is going to suck. Like I am already not looking forward to it, even though nobody's forcing me to go. Um, yeah, I no, think- I mean, I, I mean, my cousin's a, a WV grad. I, we could probably make a trip out of it and go with him. But that's just going to suck. People are going to be miserable. People are going to be mean. People are going to yeah. throw shit. I mean, they just are. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd be shocked if they don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope we don't next year, but there's just still a different vibe. I don't think I don't think we're near that level, but I, I do think there'll be a different vibe for when the people from Morgantown come in as opposed to people from Tuscaloosa or Auburn came in. Right. No, and I think, I think ultimately, like, playing pit is kind of sort of along the same lines. It doesn't really add anything. Like, I just don't think it really adds anything. I would much rather see, I, you know, it's been kicked around before, but the, like an sec big 10 challenge or even a, some formation of that around the rest of the country would be great. Um, I have to sneeze. Hold on. That's that cough button. So look at that. It's just like a professional broadcaster. There we go. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would, I usually look at sports schedules to see when Penn State's playing Pitt in anything. And that would be the first thing that I go see, whether it's they don't play in soccer. They don't, I mean, they don't, there's very few of them anymore. It's like softball and that's it. Um, but in terms of football, I would, I would, if they could figure this out, then Virginia, it needs to be Virginia Tech or an SEC school or something different just because. And I know we're going to get USC and UCLA and somehow in the rotation and people say, oh, that's different, whatever. Still going to be a conference game. You know, at, at that point, it's so, going to be unique and new the first time, maybe right. two times around. But other than that, it's going to get old. Right. You know, I think there's I think the big thing with Pitt is they don't have tra- tradition. And I think like I mean, yes, they have a good tradition, but they don't have going to campus like you're going to Heinz Field and or whatever it's called now. And it, it's very much like going to a cookie cutter stadium, whereas when you go to Auburn or, um, you know, really Notre Dame or, or, or any of those types of schools, there's a tradition, there's meaning there. There's, there's power. Like there's, there's other things there than just the football game. Yeah. I mean, Pitt's always been the city school that, yeah. I mean, I'm sure our one listener that's Pitt fan is down there banging the tabletop saying, talking about their nine national championships and all pro players and all Americans in college football hall of fame, but it's not a venue, you know, it's yeah. not an experience. There's no, I mean, there's Primanti brothers, but that's not exactly a college thing that's a pittsburgh thing right you so, can get that in-state college in and you can get that. there you go that's true there you go down no um okay um i think the other big piece of penn state news that we need to talk about this week is arguably the greatest thing that i've ever seen um just in general which was eli manning for eli's places um dressed up as 
Penn State's newest walk, or excuse me, run on uh, tryout or person, uh, where he was Chad Powers. Um, looked exactly like Eli Manning, just wearing a wig. Um, and uh, basically, apparently showed up to, to, at the run on tryouts and pulled, it seemed like several staff members. There must have been staff members that weren't in on Clearly. it. Uh, because Danny O'Brien was fooled. Um, I think uh, Jim Notchman was maybe fooled as well. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's truly one of the best things James Franklin, even if it wasn't his idea, him signing off on it and saying it was okay. One of the best ideas he's had um, since he came to Penn State in terms of marketing and scheme and getting his name out there. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a well-executed start to finish right i mean it was it was funny because you saw the, the the handoff of the the was it two or three weeks ago the the run the tryout the giving the scholarship to the walk-on kid right? right and we had an alum in town who was working for nfl films that week and it didn't make sense to me why he was in town like it just didn't you know jive right and then when you saw this come together you're like oh okay like there was this background to it, whatever else but clearly there's been i mean you don't just surprisingly have that video pop up and then all of a sudden we have t-shirts. We have a, there's a thing now where you can try to run faster than his 40 time and win a t-shirt. Somebody asked, sent me a text message asking for a button. Can you get me a button? I'm like a button for what? And they saw online somewhere like the, the bank buttons. There's a, there's a think fast, run fast button that looks like the old melon bank buttons. So I don't I have to look on town to see if that exists. So if that collateral stuff exists, there was some planning and preparation in between you know, all of that. Um, and what did, what did Franklin say at the news conference? Was it this week? I think it was this week. I, I don't know what they call those trailers or teasers or whatever he said. Come on. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure my father at 76 or so would know what that was. So mm -hmm. like, that seems like we're kind of playing dumb to the crowd a little bit, a little too hard. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was inspired. It was fun. It was, original as hard as it is to find something original these days amidst all the stuff so they did a great job all the way around yeah i think that was a big thing for me is that it was something different and original um boy talk about a little media empire that's really popping up is that the the omaha productions gang um yeah, they're doing a great job i think the funny thing to me was as you mentioned instantaneously pretty much there were shirts and other things i will probably end up buying a shirt um but I think the, the funny thing to me was apparently like people in like Hollywood have reached out to the Omaha Productions gang to say, hey, would you be interested in the basically selling this as a character? Um, and who knows, like what if they tied it into Penn State? Like I, it's such an easy little win for Penn State. Well, so, they better get him back and give him their trial because he didn't make the team. So they're going to have to sure. find a way to try him out. Sure. Gonna, somebody else is going to try him. Pitt's yeah. going to try him out and he's going to make the pit team. And he's going to watch it. There we go. No, I, I think that was... That was one of the best things I've seen in quite some time. Um, Did you see, and you saw the SEC short too? Yes. And the SEC right. short, which I try to watch those pretty much every week, but that, yeah, one just, great that was, that one was one of the better ones in quite some time. And probably cause I was a little biased, but not too biased. Um, okay. Anything else there? Yeah. Good. No, great stuff. All right. They did a great job. Um, I don't, I don't have much to preview. I won't be at this weekend's game because uh, my roommate slash friend of the podcast, Andy Medor, uh, former College of Com alum. Well, not former, College of Com alum, just a former. 
Uh, he's getting married this weekend. I'm so excited for that. Um, so we'll be at that wedding. But that being said, uh, Penn State does have a game this weekend playing Central Michigan at noon. Um, I think my biggest thing is don't have a letdown. Make sure Drew Aller gets some more experience. I think those are my two big things going into this weekend that Penn State needs to, to accomplish. Those are the things they need to accomplish. And the one thing they need to avoid is anybody getting hurt. Yes. Yes. But three, those are three things. Your three keys to the game, right? Yep. So, yeah, because it should be uneventful, should be reaff- reaffirming for those who have doubts, right? Because it, it, it shouldn't be any closer than the one this past weekend was. If, if it really matters, no matter how good right. their quarterback is and some stuff that they have, you, you should be better. You know? I think that's that's a good point. Like, I think the Purdue game was, I think the Purdue game was a lot of first game jitters. Like, I think if you kind of rework the schedule where maybe Ohio was first, Central Michigan, and then Purdue Auburn, um, I think that the big thing you would see is I think that Purdue game probably would, would have gone a little bit differently. And I think a game like this coming Saturday's game is a perfect chance to kind of prove that and show that. And then, you know, looking ahead to that Northwestern game um, before the bye weekend um, coming up. I I think for me, also, like you said, nobody get hurt. I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, but I think ultimately getting guys reps that aren't necessarily going to get reps in that Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio state stretch um, massively important. Um, because you never know what's going to happen in those three games. And more valuable than the stage scrimmages they'll conduct, right? Because they'll do another one of those somewhere along the line, certainly during, during the bye week probably, right? The, a scrimmage for the kids who – the guys who don't play as much, something, right? But the snaps there are less valuable than the snaps would be on Saturday, even if the game is decided. So I, I think, like I said, it's important to get them there, to get to that position. All right. Um, anything else you want to chat or discuss about the game? Nope. Looking forward to it happening. Looking forward to the tailgate and coming home watching on TV. There you go. There you go. Hey, you love noon kicks. Uh, you got your dreaded 3.30 kick coming up. You know. I know, man. It's going to be like work. Oh, my gosh. How how awful. How <laughs> no, awful. First world problems, baby. Um, all right. Um, let's move on. Steve, it is September 21st as we do this podcast. Um, I would say for about the last month and a half, we have been ramping up and purchasing Halloween decorations. We will likely be putting out those Halloween decorations probably this weekend. Ooh, what is okay. your take on that? Is that too early? No, that's early for us-ish. But I think once you're in October, you're good and you're close and you're happy and excited and got new decorations and got to get them up. And yeah, what the heck? We've decided that we want to spend more money on Halloween decorations than we do Christmas decorations, I think. Um, but like very, very thoughtful. We're being very thoughtful with our decorations in terms of we're going for a certain look. So no blow up Frankenstein, no blow no, up. No, none of that stuff. A uh, coffin that lifts and opens in the, in the front yard? I'm going to probably be working on a graveyard. I think that's, Oh, cool. Okay. So. I think that's I've got some wood scrap wood laying in the garage. It's doing absolutely nothing. I'm not going to come tombstones. Anything else I might turn those into tombstones. Nice. Okay. Good. I can. That's good. Um, Steve, when like are you like? Do you think it's 
too early? Like, so you don't think it's too early. So you guys are like early October-ish. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be, so what do we have? Probably the weekend of, what do we have weekends-wise? Weekend of October 8th when there's no football game, right? And we don't have anything stuff going on. I'll pull the, we don't have as much stuff. We'll pull some pumpkins out of the, the thing and put the little lights inside the pumpkins. We'll hang some ghosts from the front porch. I'm always ambitious. I would love to do like a little, little tombstone with like the weird names, right? Like he died or whatever. However they do that, those weird things. But I just we just haven't done it. Um, so maybe we'll see. I mean, I'd like to have something along the driveway when kids come up. The best the best Halloween we ever had was we had lost power. And we had to roll the the burner barrel from the backyard and stick it like the edge of the driveway so there was light. So there was flames and everything when people came up the driveway. Oh, and the second best was we, we took a double A battery and rolled up by the by the entry door in black electrical tape because we weren't home. And we put a note that said, can't be here, smile for the camera and grab a piece of candy. And and people from the neighborhood came back and said, we told them a couple weeks, a week or so later, like our kids went up there and they're jumping up and down and they're waving and we wondered what they were doing. And I'm like, yeah, that was a double A battery. That's ruthless. Well, but then that way they thought not maybe not to take the whole ball, right? They thought there was a camera and it was a double A battery wrapped in electric. That is very good. So yeah. That's that's impressive. Um, yeah. Okay, still too early. For Send pictures. Stuff. I want to see the. I want to see the graveyard. That's great. Okay. All right, we'll we'll see how far I get on that. But um, still too early for Christmas stuff. Was it? Uh, went to Costco this afternoon to grab some mums, and they've got half Christmas to half Halloween stuff out. And I'm like, let's let's set it up. Let's but, let's. But get Halloween gets a bigger run, right? Like Christmas is not allowed to happen to have before Halloween, apparently, according to people. And here's Halloween starting up. You know, oh, no, so I it think, kind of yeah, gets pinched. I, I get annoyed. I get annoyed when there's Christmas stuff before. Um, and even Target and Home Depot half Christmas stuff, half Halloween stuff already. Like not even not even in October. I believe I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else? No, sir. Enjoy your wedding. I'll I'll try to pay extra special attention okay. to what's going on. Okay. Bolt, Bolt, would you like to do the end of the podcast? He's over here saying hello. Lobo. Sniffing the microphone. Very confused by the microphone. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a podcast. You just listen to it. Um, please subscribe, rate it five stars, thumbs ups. Um, we have an email, stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Twitter handle. Well, I have a Twitter handle. Steve has one too. Mine is at stuff summer says. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Other than that, uh, We'll chat chat with you next week. See ya. See ya.